a recognition that there's this peaceful presence that exists. Um, I was able to quiet my mind enough to experience it. And it was really breathtaking and surprising that there was this level of peace um, that I could access. But it, it felt like it was something external. Hello, and welcome to Passion Harvest. I am Louisa, your host. Thank you so much for joining me wherever you are in the world. I'm so excited to share my conversation today with the wonderful Jack Morrigan. He had a near-death experience that permanently altered his worldview. After this transformation, Jack Morrigan developed telepathic relationships with otherworldly beings, including angels and deities. His awakening experience also revealed the embodiment of non-duality. Jack is dedicated to supporting you to heal from the wounds of our collective human consciousness and awaken to the magical realities of your own life. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Jack, welcome to Passion Harvest. Well, thank you so much for inviting me on. It's a real pleasure to be here. Um, I always feel very curious when I step into a, a situation like this because I I don't plan anything and I'm curious where the conversation will take us and um, what it will bring forward. Me too. It's kind of like diving into the unknown. Well, maybe it's known, but that's a whole nother maybe episode. Um, I would, I mean, I just love the way you describe your experiences. I would love to start uh, for the audience with your near-death experience. Mm, sure. Um so it's a little different to most near-death experiences where someone is actually in real physical danger. Like for me, it happened after a period of very intense meditation where I was meditating on the nature of my own being. And um, that led into a shift in my consciousness that felt very much like dying. Um, so I was practicing um Ramana Maharshi's teachings Ramana Maharshi's a teacher an Indian uh, teacher from the 19th century no from the 20th century and he has this little book called Nanya which means who am I um, and it's it's really short and I was just practicing that very mm, in a very focused way and just doing it constantly like every moment of the day and it started to create, first of all, a lot of clarity in my mind, a lot of peace. And then I started having mystical experiences. Um, often when I'd be going to sleep, and my consciousness would remain very strong through all the phases of sleep. So I would see what that's like. Um, and eventually it led into me having a lucid dream where I was sat in front of a spiritual teacher. And so I was conscious. It was like like now gave me this spiritual teaching he said feel the awareness in your left hand which i did and then he said feel the awareness in your right hand which i did i could feel both my hands and he said the the hands are different the awareness is one <laughs> and uh, and i realized that like as a direct experience like i could feel that the awareness that was aware of my left and right hands was the same awareness and that recognition 
caused some kind of reaction inside of my psyche where the dream itself collapsed in on itself and everything was plunged into darkness. It didn't feel like I even had a body, um, just like I was some kind of point of consciousness. There was darkness all around me. There was a light in the distance and the light got brighter and brighter. As it did, I felt this very intense uh, dread, like um, fear more intense than I've ever felt before. Um, and as it was building and the light was growing brighter, there was also like an ecstasy, like which I can only describe as an orgasm. Like I literally felt like I was dying and that I was about to die. I think if I fell off a cliff, I would probably have a similar feeling you know, just to give it some kind of a context. Like I didn't have any context for it. Like it was so more intense than anything I'd ever felt. Uh, so then I got very, very close to the light and it was all that I could see, but there was some kind of barrier between me and the light. And I felt this very subtle invitation to cross over that barrier um, to which I was like, no fucking way. <laughs> Like, if I cross over this barrier, I will be annihilated. Like, everything that I've known myself to be will be destroyed. Like, I, I, I'm not that brave. <laughs> um, and then there was some, some kind of what felt like an external force or being. With thinking about it now, like it having some kind of paternal quality to it. Um like this loving kind of this is for your best interest and it just gave me like a little nudge and it pushed me over the this threshold um and when it when i crossed that threshold all the fear completely disappeared um as if it had never been there all i was experiencing was this like like pristine orgasm and golden light like that's all that was there um it's a difficult thing to describe because even if we're having an orgasm like in our body there's other things that are there that are kind of clouding that experience to some extent so this was like an orgasm with all of that stuff stripped away which might sound like a really desirable thing like people might want to hunt after that but to me, like, it was just incredibly intense. It was like, you know, just sensation turned up to 11. Um, and this beautiful golden light. And so after that, I came back into my body. And because I had, like, a thought came in that was like, I hope my body's okay. And then I went back into my body and that same orgasmic feeling was moving up and down my spine like lightning it's like really rapid from the base of my spine up to my neck um my body was in this very strange posture like the like the force of the energy was so strong it was changing the shape of my body i was drenched in sweat and eventually it calmed down and then I fell asleep.
I didn't know anything about Kundalini Awakening. <laughs> <laughs> so it was intense. Wow. So that's what the 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 energy going up and down your spine, it can be described as a Kundalini Awakening. Yeah. I so I, I found out afterwards um that in many cultures all over the world they talk about this type of spiritual awakening where um energy is stored at the base of the spine and through spiritual practice it can become awakened and move up and down the spine like lightning and the accounts that i was reading were really accurately describing what had happened to me um it's an interesting thing because a lot of people kind of hunt after this and and want to have this kind of experience and i expect if i hadn't had it i probably would too um and there's lots of good things that come with it um but you know it's a mixed bag like with everything in life um because it it changed me like it it permanently changed my experience of myself and life gosh i'd love to ask you about that in a minute i just want to ask you so once you moved through or were pushed through the, the barrier, you said it might have been some sort of maternal figure, you lost, all your fear was dissolved. Mm. Was that a relief? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. Mm. Yeah, it was like this huge burden had been taken away. Um, you know, and I've, I'd never felt that before. Like it really highlighted like how much fear is a constant part of the background of my life. Um, and to not have it there was amazing. I felt so light. Well, I would say many of our lives have filled, many people have are filled with fear. And once you crossed the threshold or the barrier, um, you saw this, you're, it's so hard to describe in words, you're doing a great job, but what do you think the golden, how, what would you say was the golden light? Yeah, like I, I've managed to piece parts of that together since, and uh, I see it as the light of our being, like, or the light of the soul. Um, you, you know, you can go through lots of religious texts and, and stories of mystics, and they talk about us primarily being light, you know. Um, and so that's what it was. Like, I feel like my mind was coming in contact with my own essence, like a truer part of who I am that's more constant. Um, so my soul or our being, the light of being, I believe that's what it was. Um, and there's a lot to say about that, like, and how that has then kind of woven into my life um, as an understanding. But, you know, generally we think that we are the person, like I am this person, I am this body. And on one level we are, but there are more fundamental levels to who we are that if we can awaken to them, then it can give a context to our lives that can bring in a lot of peace area of the golden light you described the the point of creation some people call it source or or god is there still a part of you there i'm putting this yeah. in human terms <laughs> but 
and and my other question is, and I just have to ask you, is it over there or is it here? Yeah, great, great questions. Yeah, so it's here. It's always been here. Um, yeah. And so there's a few interesting parts to it. Like, so this light, like, I feel the light is almost um, like not the most, is not the source almost. It's like the light comes from the source and the light is somehow eternal and constant in itself, but there's a source to the light that isn't even light. Like it's um, even, in a sense, even less than that or even purer than that. And to me, that's like, the here and now. Um, so that here and now is always here and now. Like that's the origin of all experience. Like that's the most constant part of our lives. Like no matter what's happened in your life, it always happens here and now. Whether you're awake or whether you're dreaming, you can always recognize that it's happening here and now. And that light also has that quality of being here and now. And one of the reasons that I know that for sure is that I see it all the time now. Um, so I've almost shortly after that experience, I started being able to see it. Um, so I can see it around every single object um, in my vision and feel it as well. Um, so it's like everything is kind of humming with and, and shining with this light that is the origin of all of these things and and actually is who we are you know we all are this light and we all are the source of this light it's just that we've temporarily forgotten that thank you that was beautiful um you, you it's kind of explained it but when you talk about who are we well who are who, who are we what are we <laughs> the big question i know like, um, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm giving you hard ones here no no it's good it's good and and it's interesting because because hearing these questions and talking about it you know, it evokes energies within my body and and deeper understanding and awareness um so Shortly before this Kundalini experience happened, I had my first ever spiritual experience, which came about when I was basically atheist. And it was a recognition that there's this peaceful presence that exists. Um, I was able to quiet my mind enough to experience it. And it was really breathtaking and surprising that there was this level of peace. Um, that I could access, but it it felt like it was something external. Like I'm here, this human being looking at that presence and it's wonderful and I'm happy about that. But over the years following the Kundalini awakening, I've had a growing sense that actually I am that presence. And that's, you know, it's taken a long time for that to sink in and it's happened gradually. Sometimes it's more obvious than at other times. Um, 
but there are times where it's very strong. And for me, it's often when I go to a cafe and sit there surrounded by people <laughs> and I'm just sat there by myself quietly and I can feel the ocean of our being and it will move me to tears because I'm looking at all these people and I know that each and every one of them is like a wave on the surface of this being and they are all that being and that that's all there is um so who are we like we are we are being and that can sound abstract and so it needs to be explored individually like we need to explore that on a personal level to understand what that means for us and to experience it directly because then you just know and it's surprisingly easy to know because it's who you are like so it's it's a you just remember um, and you remember when you stop buying into the fantasy and the belief that you're something other than who you are and why do we forget? Why do what, people call it the veils placed upon us? Why is this? Mm. So one of the other things that happened following the Kundalini awakening was I started to connect with other beings, deities, and things like that. Things that I totally thought were completely fictional. <laughs> but now have quite a relatively detailed understanding of of who and what they are and in relation to me and human beings but um through connecting with these beings i have a greater understanding of life and, and why these things have happened um so the cosmos is a single living being and each of us is like a cell within the body of the cosmos. Each of us is going on our own journey, yet we are completely inseparate from the cosmos as well. And we are the same being that the cosmos is. So we are all one. Each of us as individuals is going through a process of living and awakening, a deepening of our understanding of ourself and as we know from our own experience that has ups and downs it has moments of clarity and moments of confusion that move in a continual spiral sometimes you know we revisit old things that's why i say a spiral it seems like we're going backwards but in actuality we're just spiraling through the same ground um so our life moves through seasons you know we have our summers where everything's clear and we have our winters when everything's cold and withdrawn but that process of expansion in the summer and contraction in the winter fuels our awakening through uh, the movement of experience 
our awareness becomes stronger, we burn through our ignorance through that process. The cosmos does the same thing. You know, there's a famous saying, as above, so below, as below, so above. Like, what applies to us as smaller beings also applies to vaster beings, like the cosmos. So the cosmos moves through seasons, and it moves through seasons in different parts of itself at different times. So right now, there'll be parts of the cosmos that are in summer, parts that are deeply awake to itself as being, and all the parts of the cosmos, all the, all the beings, you know, the individuals in that area will deeply understand who they are and live from that place and be in a wonderful place. But there are parts of the cosmos that are in winter and are very disconnected. So there's horrible things happening. You know, it's, it's the opposite. And that's what we're in. We're in that winter, you know, and we can look around us and see the evidence of that all around us, the disconnection, the loss of uh, awareness of who we are, the, the madness that we're suffering from. But that madness has a context. And the context is that it's part of the natural movement of the seasons of the cosmos, which inevitably lead to the awakening of the cosmos over time. So we could look at our situation now and think, this is so despairing and awful that this is all happening. Or we could look at this situation and go, we are incredible, courageous beings because we have chosen to incarnate into a realm that is in the depths of winter so that we can play our parts in the awakening of the cosmos, which is like the grandest masterpiece that we could ever take part in. Beautiful. I usually uh, sometimes ask this question towards the end, but how can how how can we live to assist the cosmos and and, and to nourish our soul and be the best version of ourselves? Like the simple answer to that is that that's what you're doing. Like you're already doing that. I think sometimes we put a real burden on ourselves to try to kind of be the best that we can be. Um, and we we lose sight of what we're already doing, what we're already providing. So some of the beings that I work with, they will say things like, we admire you so much because we know what you have sacrificed to be here. We know that you have come from these incredible heavenly realms that you cannot possibly conceive of now. And you have chosen to give that up for the benefit of the cosmos. And that's true of every single one of you. Every single one. No exceptions. It doesn't matter how wonderful and magnificent you are or how terrible and awful you are. It That remains true for every single one of you. So you've already done it. You've already given so much. So that's that's the given that you know you've got that. 
then it's a kind of then it's a question of awareness i think it's like okay what can i do in my life to be more aware now because we're constantly presented with crossroads um, like I had a situation recently where I went through a breakup like a romantic breakup and I was presented with a crossroads like do I want to go into frustration and bitterness and sadness and fear or do I want to choose something different and normally I would have chosen the frustration and fear and just unconsciously gone into that that's like my pattern but this time it was different like i saw that happening i reached out for help someone gave me a really good pointer i chose to take that pointer and i what i saw was that there was an opportunity to let love win that day. And instead of serving my own fears, I chose, it's gonna make me cry. <clears throat> I chose to serve love. And in such a way that this wasn't like an idea like it was completely tangible like in my body and i was having mystical experiences around it where i realized that i am love and that we all are and that by being loving to my partner during our breakup it was allowing love to enter this world and my humanity and hers and it showed me that that's what I'm supposed to be in service to, to love itself, which is me and everyone. Oh, I feel like giving you a big hug. <laughs> <laughs> what a guy, really. It's amazing. But I, I mean, I, I just love your explanation that you had a choice to choose love that day but why what would what would be your advice to people that suffer we can suffer so much in our humanness yeah like it's it's a matter of timing like so we all have our timing and even shortly before that i wasn't ready for that so I really wouldn't want anybody to hear this and start thinking that they're supposed to do that every time and put some kind of burden on themselves, like to live up to some kind of standard. Because I don't live up to that standard. <laughs> you know, I think it's easy to, to watch something like this and go, to, to kind of assume that I'm in that place all the time. And I'm not. You know, yesterday I was getting frustrated about tiny things. I didn't even really know why, you know, so I, I slipped out of it. And I really want to be honest about all of that because I think there's a lot of people who go through these kinds of experiences and start speaking publicly about them and then only share the, the ups and don't share the downs. And I, I really, really want to be 
uh, human and, and show my humanity when I talk about this. It's like I'm in there with you. Um, so what people can do, sometimes the only thing that you can do is just put one foot in front of the other. Like sometimes the pain and the suffering is so much that there's nothing else that you can do and you can't get out of it. Right? And that's okay. Like you're still contributing to all of everything I've spoken about. You're still fully involved. You're still part of it. You're still worthy. You're still worthy of existing. You still belong here. Your suffering does not mean that you don't belong. So sometimes that's what's needed and that's all that you can do. Sometimes when you're in that place, you need to reach out for support. If there's people that you know, who you trust, who can help you to come out of that spiral. Because really it's like a spiral of negative thinking and feeling. Um, ultimately, it's a kind of dream. It's a kind of delusion. But when we're really stuck in it, that's often not the right approach to have, you know, we need to be human and compassionate towards that. But as, as your awareness starts to build and become stronger, you will start to have a choice. So that's something that happens over time. Initially, there isn't much choice. But as your awareness becomes stronger, you do get the opportunity to choose. So then you can say, do I want to go down this road of suffering? Do I want to fuel this suffering? And you can reach a point where you can see yourself doing it. Like I'm feeding suffering with my life force, with my attention. Okay, I'm going to choose to give attention to something else. I'm going to choose to create for myself something happier than this but it changes over time and um, we move in a spiral so there'll be days where that's easier and days where that's harder and I think one of the things I've learned is to see that you know and not beat myself up on the days where I'm spiraling down and, and understand that there's like a deeper purpose to to that. I love how you explained before about the reincarnation and higher beings that have chosen to incarnate on this in our humanness for for the benefit of hum, for the benefit of the galaxy or the universe or whatever terminology you choose to use. Um, you spoke a few times about the angels and the deities or deities, depending what your accent is. <laughs> do you mind sharing more of those experiences? Who are they? What are they? And how do they assist? Yeah. yeah. So who are they? Fundamentally, they are us. Like we are them. So I started having experiences, um, out of body experiences when shortly after that big kundalini awakening um, and I started meeting beings and that led into meeting angels I always struggle to talk about this because they 
are so beautiful. Um, It's hard, hard to put it into words. <clears throat> it's like they're so loving and so pure that it makes me cry. Like even just thinking about them, like it reminds me like um, of their energy. And it's like, it's shocking it's shocking to me like how anything can be that pure and, and something about it it just cleanses my heart so I, yeah i had experiences of meeting them and hearing their voices and one in particular so first of all, every time I've met those beings, like it's so obvious that I am them and that they are me. And I mean that of all of us. I'm not trying to single myself out as special. Like I'm saying that they're so pure that being or God, if you like, is just so vibrant and shining through them that it's easy to see. It creates this clarity. Similar things happen, you know, with saints and mystics, like where they're so clear, they're just this very clear mirror of our divinity back to ourselves. And sometimes we we mistake that for their specialness, but in actuality, what we're experiencing is the incredible beauty and peace of our own being. The, the good mystics will often talk about that, like that they're mirrors. Um. So the same is true of the angels when I met them. Um, so they, they helped me to see that. On another level, so it's like, um, so the cosmos is one being, but that includes all of these different levels of reality. So including the heavens. Um, those are just like different levels of the same being um, that are populated with all these different beings or creatures or whatever you want to call them. But in a sense, what they all are is just one psyche. That's what we all are. Like we're one mind. You could call the cosmos a mind if you wanted to. So we're all part of that. And just like in a dream all the different characters represent different parts of your psyche the same is true of our waking lives including all the mystical experiences so all these beings in the heavens are actually just a higher part of your own mind you know in a sense like a higher thought or a purer thought or a more spiritually in tune level of your own psyche so we can experience them as separate from ourselves in the same way as we do with our bodies yet on another level they are us and they can teach us a lot about ourselves and that goes both ways they learn about, a lot about themselves by interacting with us because they are they are very clear on the fact that we are all one 
Like sometimes I wondered, like, why are the angels even coming to help? Why are these beings even coming to help? And over time, I realized that it's because it makes complete sense. Like, because it's like one hand bandaging the other hand when it's been cut. Beautiful explanation. Thank you so much. I've also got one more question for you. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, do you mind just talking briefly about your the dragons or your dragon experience? Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. So like a few months after I um after my Kundalini awakened, I'd had all these experiences with angels and deities and everything. And I was walking through London where I was living at the time, and I in my mind's eye I could see this huge dragon like just flying through the sky and like coming up to me. It was a green dragon. And I was like, I'm losing it. <laughs> like, I can get on board with angels and deities. Like, my psyche can handle that. But dragons, like, I must be going mad. Like, that can't be real. So I blocked it out. I was like, nope. And I didn't see them again for years. Um, and it was actually only last year, uh, in October, I felt really called to go to Sicily. Um, so I went there and I was near uh, Mount Etna. I had been speaking this language that I didn't understand for maybe a year at this point, like just saying all these words and they seemed to carry like a, a frequency, a vibration that made me feel peaceful and calm and powerful. And, you know, that was going on. And then I I felt like I was supposed to do a ritual at the top of Mount Etna. So I go up there and I perform this ritual and I film myself doing it. And I instinctively start speaking that language that I'd been speaking, just felt like the right thing to do. Felt all this energy moving through me. And then I just felt this incredible peace. It was beautiful. I felt amazing. I came back down from the mountain and I sent the video to a friend of mine. And she was like, oh, you should look at this YouTube video. And I, so I watched this video and it's a guy and he's speaking in the exact same style of language that I was speaking in. And it blew my mind because I was like, I don't know where this language has even come from. Like, and I've never heard anyone who's speaking it. And this guy was speaking it, and the title of the video was Dragon Light Language. Um, so yeah, it it blew my mind. And I think minutes after that, I just felt this wall of energy just like one, like just hit me. It was so strong. And this dragon started speaking to me. Um because I realized I'd gone up a mount, I'd gone up a volcano, an active volcano. I actually went up there on Halloween, so like this day when the veils between realms are the thinnest, and performed a ritual speaking dragon light language into a, an active volcano. <laughs> and he was the dragon was like, you don't, you didn't realize what you've done, like what you've. You know, you've opened yourself to to us, you know, and we're here. 
you know, and this was always meant to happen, like that you were going to form this connection. So I, I started to grow accustomed to that energy. It, it didn't feel as intense over time. And so many of them introduced themselves over the following weeks. And there's been 10 so far, each one with a completely different energy. And seven of them relate to the seven chakras. So they each have their own color and quality uh, and personality. And they've been explaining to me the nature of the cosmos, like what I was saying to you about the winters, you know, the seasons, they explained that to me. Uh, and they said, you know, we have come because it's time for humanity to return, like the great return, because we've been in like a seed, a seed of consciousness trapped within itself. But the seed is opening. And that opening isn't just down to humanity it's not just in humanity's hands um there are many many beings from all over the cosmos that are coming to aid this awakening um, and these dragons are part of that um sometimes i reflect back on <laughs> on my life you know i was training to be a doctor and i, I worked in uh, psychological science like i've got published research articles <laughs> amazing so to hear life doesn't today, always work out as planned does it no no yeah um, i'm glad i feel very fortunate oh well thank you so much for sharing those experiences i will leave a link below in the show notes but jack where's the best place for people to connect with you yeah so it's my website which is myrisingrose.com that's named after the dragons they told me they're the dragons of the rising rose and um, i do healing sessions with people i also channel these beings for people so i channel the dragons and then they do healing sessions for people um also my facebook uh, i'm jack morrigan on facebook that's where i'm most active yeah well, I guess what I'd like to say is that if is there anything else you'd like to share with the Passion Harvest audience that I haven't asked you? Yeah. Yeah, so some of you will be losing hope. Yeah. Yeah, because we're disconnected. We've lost our place. And we feel like we don't belong. And we're overwhelmed with everything that's happening. There's so much happening in this world. And sometimes that can feel bleak. And sometimes it can feel like we're... It doesn't have a purpose. And we don't have a purpose. But you do do even if you did absolutely nothing for the rest of your life you would have purpose because you exist and because you are completely inseparate from our living world and the whole cosmos which is at its core true love and everything that you're going through in your life is an expression of true love even your suffering 
because you're suffering for something greater than yourself, even if you don't remember that, which makes it even more beautiful that you would forget that you can remember, you can remember, and as you remember, it changes your life. So there is hope, and you have purpose. So keep going. What an amazing, beautiful message to end the show. Jack, thank you so much for being on Passion Harvest. Wow, wow. <laughs> Can't wait to re-listen to this episode. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. If you liked this episode, please do subscribe for weekly passionate, inspirational interviews.